Hello and welcome to Bible Marathon. We're all about learning how to read the Bible, about spiritual gifts and giving proper defense and explanation for what we believe as Christians. The goal is to progress with joy in the faith and without further ado, let's get into the word. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you today. We thank you for all that you have done. We thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for how far you have brought us. We thank you for another opportunity to gather at your feast again. We thank you because we are here as one family, and we thank you because we know that you are going to do great and mighty things even more in our midst tonight in the name of Jesus. Dear Father, we pray, Lord, that everything we are going to be learning here today, Lord, I pray that you help us to put it in our daily activities, that we are not just the hearers alone, but also the doers in the name of Jesus. Abba, Father, I pray that the minister or the guest that's going to be taking us tonight, teaching us tonight, I pray that you speak through in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, for us, we ask for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding from our brother's grandson to us in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Almighty Father, for BMG, that Lord, this ministry will continue to grow from glory to glory in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord Almighty, that you do great and mighty things through this ministry in the name of Jesus. Testimonies over and over again in the name of Jesus. I pray for as many that are yet to join us, Lord. I pray they touch their hearts that they are meant to be here tonight in the name of Jesus. I also pray for as many that have shared how their week went and all, I pray that in this new team, in this new week, Lord, that they will find favor in the name of Jesus and help and strength is made available for them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Almighty Father. In Jesus' mighty name, I've prayed. Amen. So, it's a new month, guys. Happy new month. This is our official meeting, our first official like teaching meeting in July. Um, last Sunday, we had like little BMG party. And with a new month, what does that always mean? We are starting a new theme. And the theme of July is Hagios. So for those of you that are like, what is Hagios? Hagios is just a fancy Greek word that means holiness. So the entire month of July at BMG is going to be dedicated to studying the theme of holiness. What does holiness mean? Is it a call for the believer? How does holiness relate between us and God? You know, um, as Christians, we've always heard like the term holiness that we have to be holy, but a lot of us may not fully grasp how we apply that to our lives. So we're going to be dissecting all of that this month. So please bring your notepads, bring your pens. Take We're going to take lots of notes. You know, here at BMG, we like to study, we like to write. So make sure you have your notes. And there it is on the screen, Living in Holiness, Hagios. So for our first lesson in this theme i'm happy to say we have a very special guest speaker and when i say i'm a b i'm a, I'm a ernest knows i'm a super fan of this woman because the last few years where she's dedicated a lot of her life and her time to really sharing the love of god in our generation so and of course i'm going to do an introduction since she's a guest speaker um i believe the first time i came across her page was in 20 you may have to remind me, I think it was 2016 or 2017 when we first spoke, you know, and I had known about you a year before because I saw you on YouTube and I was like, wow, this girl is really passionate about the gospel. And when I say I've been a fan of this young lady ever since, like, I mean it. And fun fact, we didn't meet in person till just two weeks ago, but I've been following her and I've been a big fan of how, how God has been using her in our generation to spread his gospel and spread his love. So 
Um, just a brief, brief bio of who she is. Um, her background professionally is in psychology. I believe in 2016, she graduated with her bachelor's in bio and neuropsychology. And then just last year, she got her master's of science in applied psychology and counseling. I'm getting so, it this year. Oh, this year. Sorry, I thought it was last year, this year. So you're about to finish this year. So yeah, her master's in applied psychology and counseling. So she's brilliant, basically. That's what that all means. Um, but again, it's really in you know, in ministry that God has really used her to touch the lives of so many. So some of you may recognize her from her social media, her IG, her Twitter. She has a huge following and the content that she consistently puts out to, you know, spread the love of Christ to all those who are willing to listen. It's not surprising she has a following because God has used her over and over again. Um, she's really a blogger at heart. She has a blog called um, The Grow Inspo. I believe that's what it's called, the Millennial Christian Blog. And I remember in 2017, she did a special blog entry on Diaries of a Saved Youth. I remember because I was one of the contributors to that blog. So it was always nice to be, it was a privilege to be part of that. So I've introduced her. Um, so I want everybody at BNG to please give a warm round of applause, shake the roof, turn off your mic and say a big, big welcome to Sandra Adironke Adeyemi. Everybody. Woo! Welcome. 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 Thank you guys. Thank you guys. I told you you'd be welcome here. You're already family here. No, I'm actually screaming. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like if we're overhyped, it, but we move. So praise God. Um, Thank you guys so much. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you here. I mean, Ernest knows that I wanted to bring you on since last year. So I feel like this is even an answered prayer for me personally. Like I've been fine. Like we need to have Sandra come and speak on this platform. So yeah, we're glad to have you. Thank you for making time to touch on this very important subject. Yeah. Um, and also before we start, guys, if you have any questions, um, please put them in the chat. I imagine that as she's teaching and discussing, questions will come up. So if you have any questions, type them in the chat. I will do my best to try and go through each and every one of them so that no question is missed. Um, I'm sure Ernest and Victor will try and help me if I can as well. So yeah, we'll probably have a brief Q&A after um, Sandra is done speaking. So, but yeah, again, welcome Sandra. Pleasure to have you here, sis. Um, so without wasting too much time, let's dive in. So the topic for today is enthroned, the beauty of holiness. Actually, let me spotlight you. Trying to, okay, it seems like you're already spotlighted. But I was trying to make sure, like, the split screen so that you could be, since you're the speaker. Um, I don't have to do that on Zoom, so maybe someone can help me. But anyway, um, the topic is called Enthroned Beauty of Holiness. And it's so, so, I don't think it's a coincidence. So I think this is just, it just shows that you are aligned, you are destined to see this topic. Because if I was to go on your IG page, one of the things I see there is, there is beauty in holiness. And that's the topic we're doing today. So that already shows that you are you are destined to be perfect. <laughs> so um, I wanted to ask, just to get us started, could you touch on, you know, maybe even why you included that in your IG page? Like to you, what do you, what do you understand by there being beauty in holiness or the beauty of holiness? Yeah, um, that's crazy because someone had asked me this question like last month. Um, <laughs> but honestly, that, that, um, bio I don't think I even thought about it I think 
like for years, like this is something that God has been teaching me personally and just the need for it among the body of Christ, like, you know, among believers, like, um, especially as you know, the days are unfolding and we're seeing different things happening and we're seeing how, you know, sometimes we're getting distracted by culture or, you know, we are deviating more and more from the call um, to mm. put it apart. So it was just always my, I don't know, it was just like, sometimes I be feeling like I'm crazy, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when you have this passion for something, everybody else is just like, was yeah. that deep? <laughs> That's how it would be like sometimes for me. But obviously, like, you know, there's still a remnant of people that, you know, are still um, answering to that call, to the higher call of holiness um, in Christ. But I think it was just more so like um, young adults like myself and just seeing how like, you know, mm. um, even just not properly understanding who God is just leads to us to just deviate from um, what should be the norm in, right. in Christianity. So, you know, we we kind of see those that are living for Christ and call them, you know, um, weird or, you know, strange as opposed to seeing that as the norm. So I think for me, I don't even remember how that bio came about because that bio was first on the Growing School page and then I just transferred it to my own page to just make everything to be in sync. Um, but I think it's just something that God has put on my heart. And I was just like, like for years, like it's just something that this, this uh, notion of holiness, holiness, and it just made me even just want to learn more about it, even just for my own life. And even when talking to people and people have questions and like, you know, why is it that deep? What is it? Like, you know, um, and just being able to just share, like, it's just something that, it get, well, talking about Jesus period gets me excited, but even just that as well, is just something that gets me very excited. I'm just like, okay. Um, seeing more people come to that, even once they don't know about it, but they want to know and inquire about that, um, just really gets me excited for referral. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> what you just said alone, there's so many gems we could pick up of. So, but you said something which I don't think a lot of Christians still really grasp, and that's the fact that holiness is a calling for every believer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people still have this misconception that oh, being holy means that. Ah, you have to be perfect, or maybe it's not really a requirement, but, you know, the Bible tells us, you know, be perfect as God is perfect, which is, I know in scripture, perfection means maturity. And one of the ways to be spiritually mature is, is you know, becoming holy, gaining, growing in your holiness through your relationship with Christ. So um, I think I want to focus on that and touch on that more, you know, the calling of holiness. So how... I guess how we could break it down, maybe starting with how is the believer called to holiness and what are the ways that they can walk in that calling of holiness? Yeah, um, the call to salvation is basically the call to holiness, right? Uh, because holiness right. Is, is the foundation of who we are in Christ Jesus. So it's not something that we are trying to attain. It's something that we are once we come um, to be one with Christ. So is is when now that call to holiness is basically that call to live out our salvation, you know, with fear and trembling. That's basically what it is at its core, is who we are, and then mm-hmm. walking it out, um, you know, just manifesting ourselves as true sons and daughters of God, not because we're trying to earn points, but because we've already been made right with God. Um, and I think like, and that just even goes back to like even just the basis of our identity and who we are, and knowing that identity so that it will be uh you know, so that we can live it out accurately in the world that we are today. Um, and, you know, just inaccurate knowledge of who God is and inaccurate understanding of what God has done on the cross will not, you know, will not enable the believer to live out their lives accurately in um, 
and holiness. So when we're called to holiness, it's a call to salvation. And even just that call to salvation is a call to repent, you know, to turn away uh, from sin. It's a call to be separate, to be different, um, to be set apart, to be devoted to God. Um, his, you know, his word, his precepts, his ways, his instructions. Um, and above all, like, you know, that call to holiness is just a call to obedience. Like, that's literally what holiness is like, you know, the highest um, form of obedience, is the highest form of holiness is just obedience to God. Um, so that answering that call is literally just saying yes to Jesus, because it's who we are. You know, we are saved, we're redeemed, we are holy. Um, and now God has given us that command to be holy as he is holy, like to live it out. Like, you know, now you've been saved. Now I've empowered you by giving you the Holy Spirit. Um, now, so now you have the means to live out the way I'm asking you to live out um, and then walking it out and living it out every day um, in how we love people in how we, um, you know, our response to sin when we do fall, um, how we interact with people, how we respond to situations that may not be favorable or may not be as we like, you know, are we going to give into our flesh or are we going to, um, lean into the Holy Spirit and see, like, you know, asking like, what is he telling us to do? Um, directing us, um, the call to forgive, even when we don't want to forgive, um, the call to be patient, stuff like that, that we feel like it's impossible, but in Christ it's not impossible because we have the Holy Spirit. Um, and the Holy Spirit enables us to do everything like that God has called us to do. Uh, God will never call us to somewhere or God will never call us to something that he's not made provision for. Um, so if God calls us to be holy, it's because he's given us the means to be holy through the person of the Holy Spirit. Um, but when we don't acknowledge the Holy Spirit, when we don't know who God is, when we don't have an understanding of his word, we won't be able to answer that call, even accurately live it out in this world that we, we're in today. Beautifully said. Thank you for responding to that. So um, I think I'll just pose one more question. And this is where I'll you know, leave the floor to you to then go into your teaching. So we've talked about the beauty of holiness. We've talked about how the Christian is called to holiness. So are there any stages or maybe steps that as a believer, maybe if you're a baby Christian and you go through steps of you know, being sanctified and being called to holiness? So... Um, so basically steps in order for us to be able to answer the cause that we're asking. Yes. Like practical steps then can go into, you know, the main points that you have for today. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, the first and foremost, you just have to know God. You have to know God accurately and you can know God through fellowship with him, like through his word, um, the body of believers, you know what I'm saying? Fellowship, uh, church, like Bible studies like this, like, you know, coming to know God, um, seeking God and his word, seeking answers in his word. Like, it's just like the more you come to know God, like the more your desires to please him will increase, right? It's no longer like it's, the tug is like, the tug won't be as um, prominent as it was when you just like, you know, probably just, give your life to Christ or when you were still in the world. It's like the more we know God and that's where it literally starts, like just knowing God intimately for ourselves, not just, oh, God can do this for me or if I pray and fast, God can bless me or this, this and that, but knowing the character and the person of God um, through relationship and fellowship, you know, even in Jesus and just knowing him and, you know, taking questions to him, fellowship, like, you know, not being far from God and even just our um, everyday, like, uh devotions and stuff like that that's the first step like you know just that discipleship to come to know god that's the that's the, even the first step for us to be drawn towards holiness because 
Um, knowing God is knowing of your identity. And once you know your identity, the desire to live it out will be there. Um, so it's definitely the first step and the most important step in just the spiritual disciplines and continuing in that every day. Like um, even as the Bible encourages us, like just to continue in that and allow God to refine our desires, allow God to define what these things are for, for us as opposed to allowing the world to define it or allowing culture to define it. Allowing God to have that say in our lives, allowing, um, you know, Christ being Lord in our lives and Lord over our will and, um, you know, having that desire to do his will, he'll begin to do that work within us. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you had any other points as well. So the first step is knowing God. Then after that, what would be the next steps that the believer could take? Fellowshipping with the body of Christ, like, you know, having that community where you can grow. Either, you know, you can be taught, um, just like a Bible says like this, you can be taught, you can be corrected, you can be loved, you can, you know, experience the practical love of Christ um, through people, uh, even just in that fellowship and just having that and having, you know, this walk, we can't do it alone and we weren't called to be isolated even as we're going through life. But having that fellowship is definitely also very important. I think that's something we tend to neglect and just feel like, oh, you know, I can do it myself or I can see God myself, which we can and which we should. Um, but having that fellowship to supplement it as well makes um, that relationship more tangible, more enjoyable um, and more desirable. OK, awesome. Um, so. I, I was I, I was thinking we could go into some scripture, any scriptures you feel that perfectly give an example of what it means for us to have fellowship with other believers and also to know God and how that leads into the steps of, of holiness. So if you have any scriptures, and they'll be on the screen so that everybody can see them. Yeah. And you can touch on them as well and what, what it means for us. Yeah. So if I'm looking away from the camera, it's because I'm looking at my notes. Um, but yes. <laughs> so yeah so i think uh even just um touching on that and you know like i said earlier just having that um core understanding of our identity and who we are as you know being the first step even just towards walking or living out this call to holiness um and just like you said earlier like you know just seeing the beauty in it i think that's definitely something that i have just a big desire for is just seeing the beauty in holiness right um and the only way that we can see the beauty in holiness is to see the beauty in God. Because um, if we don't see the beauty in God and his ways and, you know, come to acknowledge his sovereignty or, you know, his mercy and his grace, we won't be able to see beauty in the things that he's called us to. Um, so I had like uh, different points, definitely different scripture around even just with different things uh, that pertain to different things that we're talking about today. Um, and oh, sorry, someone was a question. Okay. No, that was just someone making a comment. I'll try and point out if there are any questions as people type them. So, yeah. I want to make sure I was following that. Um, but I think definitely one thing, one point I definitely, um, I wanted to drive in also, and also just talk about also how um, the call to holiness or even just the call to live out this Christian work at all is not passive, um, but it's proactive. Yeah. And, you know, we have different action words in the Bible where God is telling us to flee or to take heed or to arise or to awake. And I think a lot of times we just want things to happen. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, if it happens, it happens. But it's like, no, we have a responsibility as well. 
um, you know, to activate the power and the gift that God has given us and to walk towards it. Um, and even just, I think the first one I wanted to touch on would be Galatians, um, Galatians 5. Galatians 5. Let me use my phone. Galatians 5. Galatians 5 from verse, um, sorry, my Bible. I'm looking at my Bible. Galatians. Yeah. And I'm reading from Amplified, if that makes sense. So Galatians 5 from verse 16, and it says, um, but I say, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit, you know, habitually, being continually in the Holy Spirit, seek him and be responsive to his guidance. And then you will certainly not carry out the desire of the sinful nature, which responds impulsively without regard for God and his precepts. Mm-hmm. For the sinful nature has its desires, with, which is opposed to the spirit. And the desire of the spirit opposes the sinful nature. For these two, the sinful nature and the spirit, are in direct opposition to each other, continually in conflict, so that you as believers do not always do whatever good things you want to do. But if you are guided and led by the spirit, you are not subject to the law. Now the practices of the sinful nature are clearly evident. They are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, um, total irresponsibility or lack of self-control, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, disputes, dissensions, um, envy, drunkenness, riotous behavior, and other things like these. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the spirit, the result of his presence within us, is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, um, patience, not only the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, uh, gentleness, self-control. Against these things, there's no um, law. And uh, I think that verse is just very important because then we also see like the action word there as well is like, you know, to walk habitually in the Holy Spirit. Um, that's not something that's just going to happen. That's something that we also have to cultivate and work towards as well. And again, it's just going back to seeking God, you know, knowing him, studying his word, um, seeking that fellowship, you know, and um, a house where you can learn and a place where you can be discipled so that you can know more of him. Um, so that's the first one in just even um, arising to the call is to take action, is to be alert, is to um you know, just be alert in the spirit and even just the devices of the enemy and how he wants to sneak in and kind of distract us or deceive us um, that, you know, it's not that deep um, to live a life that's devoted to God. It's not that deep. We don't have to do all of that. We don't have to, um, you know, believe all of that. We can do this. We can do that. We can get away with this. We can get away with that. But being devoted, which is basically the call to, um, to holiness, to be devoted to God um, with our whole mind, body, and soul so that we can live according to his word and according to our image in Christ. Yeah, um, I was going to say you could, if you had any other points, you could just continue. Don't, you know, okay. don't, I don't, I don't want to distract you. So, no, that's, <laughs> that's, yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so I had some points I was talking earlier about, um, you know, how, how can we begin to see the beauty in holiness, right? And um, the first point I had here was just having the joy of salvation. Um, and it's like, you know, having the joy of salvation, and we have the um, verse in Psalm, that's Psalm 51, verse 12, where David is, um, you know, he's praying to God, like, you know, restoring to me the joy of your salvation and give me a willing spirit. 
Um, and he goes through this process where he's having this prayer because of, you know, um, the sin he had committed with uh, Bathsheba and the murder and everything. And, you know, when he was called out by the prophet and his response to that sin and response to God calling him out was repentance. And he's seeking God and he's asking God to restore um, the joy of salvation. And, you know, it's for us to ask ourselves that question, like, are we happy that we are saved or are we wishing that we were back in Egypt where we could just do whatever we want to do or behave however we want to behave? Um, are we happy that we are saved or do we want to go back to a place that God has already delivered us from? Um, and just asking ourselves that question, like, you know, um, and unless unless we delight in our salvation, unless we delight in God's salvation, we won't delight in doing things that please him. Um, and that's, I think that's very big for us. Like, you know, we can force it, we can do what we want to do, we can pretend, um, but that delight and that desire, that genuine desire and um, that joy won't come unless we have the joy of salvation. And we can only have that when we come to understand what it is that God has done for us on the cross, like, you know, the, what he has done for us and the measure of that. And, you know, that's where our joy can begin to return, right? So that's the first point. Um, the second point I had in how we can seen, begin to see the beauty and holiness is to see the beauty in God himself, right? Uh, is having a high view for God, um, having a high view of God, having a high view of his holiness, as opposed to abusing grace, um, abusing his mercy, making excuses. But when we have a high view of who God is and like, like knowing that God is set apart, like he's just not any man, like he's set apart and he is God, right? And having that high view of him and in light of who we are as humans, right? You know what I'm saying? In light of our frailty and in light of our need for him, um, then we can be see, begin to see the beauty of all, in all of who he is, like his mercy, his grace. When we don't be, abuse it, we can see the need for it and we can see how it empowers us as opposed to it being an excuse or a crutch for us to continue in our sinful nature and our flesh. Um, and, you know, we see that even in Psalms 27. I'm just going to open it up so I can read it properly. Um, but Psalms 27, verse um, 4. And it says that one thing I have desired of the Lord and that I will seek is that I may dwell in the house of the Lord in his presence all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty the delightful loveliness and majestic grandeur of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. Um, again, it just goes back to the notion of even just fellowship and being one with him and just having that genuine desire and love for him, the more we spend time with him. Um, it's just like having a friend, the more you spend time with them, the more you learn new things about them, the more you want to learn um, and the more you have the desire to be with them. Um, so there's that as well, just seeing the beauty in God. Um, I think another verse that I really, another verse I really loved is in Exodus 24 um, from verse nine. And here, I mean, even just then, like, you know, when Moses would go up to the mountain or um, the people of Israel would see the manifestation of God and they'll become scared, right? They'll become scared. They won't want to go near the mountain. They'll tell Moses to go up for them, that they don't want to be destroyed um, because of the view of God that they had, right? They just saw God from afar. So it's like, seeing his manifestations, they were scared. They were just like, I don't want no parts. Just go get what God has for us and we'll stay down here. Um, well, then when we get to verse nine, we see that, you know, it, um, let me just read it. We get to verse nine, it says, then Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel went up to the mountainside and they saw a manifestation of the God of Israel. 
and under, under his feet, there appeared to be a pavement of sapphire, just as clear as the sky itself. Yet he did not stretch out his hand against the nobles of the Israelites, and they saw the manifestation of the presence of God and ate and drank, right? They were up close. They were closer than the people who were below the mountain, right? And they saw firsthand the manifestation of God and saw that God was not against them. He didn't stretch out his hand to strike them, um, but they fellowshiped. Like that manifestation, you know, um, led them to fellowship. They ate and they drank in the presence of God, right? It led them to fellowship um, in the presence of God. And they generally saw that, you know, God is um, God is not a wicked God and God does not desire to strike us. Um, but they saw that manifestation and they saw that, you know, they saw the beauty of God up close. And even Moses more so, because um, it goes on to say, like in verse 12, it says, now the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and stay there. Now give you the stone tablets with the law and the commandments, which I have written for their instruction. So Moses arose with Joshua, his attendant, and he went up to the mountain um, of God. And in verse 15, it says "Then Moses went up to the mountain and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory and brilliance of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it for six days. On the seventh day, God called to Moses from the midst of the cloud. Um, in the sight of the Israelites, the appearance of the glory and brilliance of the Lord was like consuming fire on top of the mountain. Um, so far away, people were seeing danger. People were seeing something to fear. Up close, people were seeing beauty. And they were seeing um, just the, the, they were seeing the beauty of God and just the, like they were humbled by his holiness and his majesty. Right. So it's just like having that, like, what do we see when we see God? What do we see when we think of God? What do we think about when we when, you know, God comes to mind? Is this someone like we're trying to run away from or someone that we actually want to get to know? Um, but when you're far off, you, you, you can't have that. You know, you can't see when other people are like finding joy in God and seeing these things and having this um, joy. You're far like, you know, how are you seeing this joy? Because you don't know him. Um but they saw just that that grandeur, that holiness, and they were humbled. Um, and you know, they were humbled, and their desire to repent um, was was also evident, and their desire to continue to fellowship with God was also evident because Moses knew God and um, the people that were with him. So I just thought that was really um, beautiful when I when I uh, read that verse for the first time, and even just how the Holy Spirit was sharing that with me. Um, but afar, you can't really know Him. Afar, you can't have no desire for him. That's um, why so, I mean, people see things or, you know, they get convicted, they want to run away. Um, they want something that makes them feel good. It's like, oh, this conviction is not making me feel good. So instead of leaning into it or, you know, seeking God, they want to run away. Um, but that should not be our response to God, um, to the manifestation of God or even just God calling us. Uh, so there's that. And then um, the third point was just delighting in God's word. Um, you know, delighting in God's word just to, just love for God's words. I don't even know how to, what to say, like just delight in God's word because, um, you know, it was given for our instruction. Um, the more we even just come to fellowship with the word, not just, you know, to pick and choose and not just to be like, oh, I need this right now to feel good, but actually to be like, I want to know the person um, of God through Christ, right? Because uh, the Bible tells us that Christ is the um, fullness of God. You know, he was the physical manifestation of God. Um, but just coming to know his word and knowing his character through his word uh, will enable us to see the beauty in God and eventually the beauty in holiness. Um, 
you know. And uh, next point, which I think is very important, is also delighting in God's people. Like I said earlier, just delighting in God's people, like, you know, having fellowship with God, but also having fellowship with God's people. Um, our holiness is expressed um, practically in our interactions with people. Um, how we love people, how we respond, even like I said earlier, even when things are not favorable, how we respond to that. Um, our interaction with people, are we patient? Do we have grace? Um, are we doing things for out of um, unselfish concern for them or just to get our way or get things that we want to do? So even just having delighting in God's people and having genuine love for God's people. Um, and we see in the Bible too, like, you know, when God is telling us to live out our righteousness, or our holiness, um, a part of it also is a call to love people and to generally love people um, and have unselfish concern for them. So there's that. And then the fifth point was acknowledging the person of the Holy Spirit, right? The person of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is not a thing. He's fully God and acknowledging him in our lives is how we can be, begin to see the beauty of holiness and actually live it out, right? Um, the Bible says, like, you know, uh, Jesus said that he was going to send us a helper, um, a helper, a comforter, someone who reminds us of all things that he has taught us. Um, and that is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes to, you know, to renew us, to sanctify us, um, to make us holy, um, to enable us to live out and enable us to live out what God has called us to, enables us to obey God when he gives us instruction, um, to enable us to love people, to enable us to forgive people when we don't want to forgive people. That's all by the doing and the working of the Holy Spirit. Um, and in Philipp Philippians 2, which is one of my favorite verses ever, but Philippians 2 open up my Bible, Philippians 2.12, um, and it says, so then, my dear ones, just as you've always obeyed my instructions with enthusiasm, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation that is cultivated, bring it to full effect, actively pursue um, spiritual maturity with awe-inspired fear and trembling, um, using serious caution and critical self-evaluation to avoid anything that might offend God or discredit the name of Christ. And verse 13, um, for, it is, for it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work, um, that is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for God's good pleasure. Um, that's all by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, when I say God and work with us as the whole person of the Holy Spirit and the person of the Holy Spirit um, to will and to do. So again, to have, first of all, have the desire to even want to please God, because unless you have that genuine desire, unless you have that joy, even in your salvation, you wouldn't find joy in doing the things that please God. So first of all, to will, to have that desire to please God and then to do the things um, that will be pleasing to God. That is all through the power of the Holy Spirit. So even just acknowledging him, um, who he is, uh, when he, you know, speaks to us, you know, listening, leaning into his instruction. Because um, it's one thing to say, oh, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Oh, I acknowledge him. But the real acknowledgement comes when our actions are um, in accordance to his leading and his prompting. When we actually yield and submit to him, that's when we can see that we're actually acknowledging him in our lives. And when we begin to acknowledge him in our lives, we see the fruits of um our fellowship with him every day in our interactions with people. So there's that in just how we begin, begin to see the beauty in holiness. Um, and again, uh, going back to what I said earlier about living a set-apart life, um, it's not passive, it's proactive. Um, 
it's you know something that you wake up and you're delighting to uh, see God for his agenda for you for the day or you know for whatever it is and actually to do it and work it out um, knowing that you've been empowered uh, through grace knowing that you've been empowered through the Holy Spirit um, and all these things are empowering you and not you know us using them as excuses but also being empowered by them to walk it out um, every day so um, do you want to keep going if, uh, or do you have another question um, I think we still have it. I did have a point I was going to raise, but if you had like any concluding points that you wanted to round up on as well, then I'll bring up something that I, I noticed that I would like to go into for the discussion. Okay, let me see. Um, so, or if you don't, I can just bring up something that I took away that was, it really hit me in my heart. And I, I, I would like you to give maybe a bit more. We, we have a lot of time. So um, what you said, about delighting in God's people. And I know I know, Ernest and I, we talked about this as we're discussing today with you. Yeah. Me, me speaking for myself as a Christian personally, and maybe you'll give an example. Yeah. When I try to show people like God's love through my life, through my actions, mm -hmm. you know, and me, I don't think I'm a, I know that everything I do is generally how much I love God. And it's my first thing how I act. So we will be like, so you think you're holier than all of us, or you think you're this, you think you're that. I mean, even the most mature person would be like, we, they still struggle with that, you know, being seen that way. Yeah. So I don't know if you have maybe any examples from your life and how maybe applying any of the things you talked, how you were able to get through that hurdle or how you were able to overcome all those negative um, things that maybe they label at you that, oh, you're holier than thou, something like that. Oh, my hope... <laughs> My whole Christian life since I've been saved in 2014, there's nothing I've not heard. Um, whether it's, oh, Pastor Sandra has come again, or this and that. Meanwhile, God did not deem me pastor. But people people have always had some... relate. <laughs> since I've been saved. But I, I think it can be hard sometimes, I'm not going to lie. There's even that, um, there's that temptation to want to dumb down your conviction just to seem like normal. Right, what we think is normal, what people have told us is normal, right? And just like you said, like most of the time it's coming for from other Christians as well, right? Um, and of course, we know that there's some things that is just religious with no base. We're not talking about that, but you actually living out your convictions, um, or living out the way you believe that God, you know, has told you to live out, and you're getting like remarks and everything, like it's going to come, more will probably come. I don't think it's ever going to go away. Um, mm -hmm. I think for me, it's just even when I'm tempted, I promise you, I'm the Holy Spirit. I'm always hearing the Holy Spirit in my ear, like stick to your convictions. I promise you stick to your convictions. Like, um, and he will always send reassurance. Right. So it's like maybe like a week or so later, he will send someone else that will reassure the same thing that I was thinking or he had told me that I thought maybe, ugh, maybe I'm crazy. I'm the only one thinking this way. Maybe I'm crazy. I'm the only one thinking this way. Um, but it's like, no, he's speaking to other uh, people as well. in the same thing, um, he will always send that, reassurance through somebody even if it's one person or two people or even someone online i'll go on instagram i see a post right um but even before then is it literally him like you know reminding me stick to your convictions right um it can be something as small to something as big right um and not to say that sometimes it might not even be things that are even bad right it might not even mm. be 
labeled bad. That's where this is where maturity comes in and knowing um, Christ for yourself and having that personal conviction. Because it might not even be things that are bad or people call bad, right? Or maybe God is telling you not to do that thing, right? Or maybe God is um, calling you or other people to 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 you know separate from that thing, right? Um, mm-hmm. That small. Let me just say maybe a TV show, right? There might not even be anything bad in it, but God will say, okay, I don't want you to watch that TV show, or I don't want you to watch the TV at all. And then somebody come and tell you, oh, you're holy and doubt. Like, no, this is what God has told me, right? Um, exactly. Stick to your convictions. I know for an example for me, I don't drink, right? Um, technically, I don't even like it. It's bitter. I have a, I have a sweet tooth. So I don't even drink. Um, that's just me in general. I technically okay. don't like, Even when I've had wine, probably the ones that are like really sweet, like juice that I can't even taste anything in it. Um, but even that, I don't even drink it. Um, it's not something that I drink frequently. Like, I don't drink. And it's nothing I've not had. <laughs> I've not had from family to friends. And just like, I, I think I've gotten to the point in my walk where none of that moves me anymore, right? Um, I just stick to my own conviction. I just do what I want to do, right? And people people will, people will catch up eventually. Like if I go, people, even they drink, they'll be like, oh, she's not drinking, period. I don't even got to say anything. They're spoken for me. Um, and that's just one example, right? It's different things. That's just one example. Um even to down to even just different things as well. It's just one example, but it's like sticking to your convictions. And like I said before, the highest um, the highest form of even just holiness is obedience to God, right? So you know that you knowing that you're walking in obedience to God um, pleases Him, and the next person too, you know, walking in obedience to God, even when they don't feel like they have the same conviction as you, but as long as they are walking in obedience to God in their life and they're living according to uh, God's word in their life, right? Um, then you know i guess yeah it's just literally sticking to your convictions because if you're probably going to hear more and that's also part of the training like are we going to um fold at you know every comment that comes like are we going to fold are we going to be strengthened are we going to grow are we going to mature um and even with things i mean there's even things that are black and white in the bible that people are still arguing about today within the body of christ right again sticking to your conviction because someone can literally be like but yeah, I didn't understand God's word. Maybe I should go back and read it. Maybe I didn't understand it properly. But God mm. said, you know what I'm saying? So there's always that temptation to deviate. Like the enemy sometimes, like again, the people that are even talking to you might not even be meaning bad, but the enemy will use anybody. The enemy will come in any way. Like he's very cunning and we just have to be alert and knowing that, okay, um, I cannot be distracted from what God has called me to. Um, and continue to just stay on that path and know God for yourself. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Was, that I agree 100% what you said. And what Ernest just typed in the chat is very true. He said, if unbelievers can have very strong convictions and stick to them, mm. how much more believers in an unchanging God? And that's so true because, you know, you were talking about it. Those in the world who don't have knowledge of the love of God through Christ, they have convictions that they stick by even though it's not biblical. But it seems like, I don't know, as believers, it's like we don't have that same boldness, which yeah. is why I'm glad you brought up the point of you know, the presence, presence of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is a spirit of courage and boldness. So, yeah, yeah. I, I agree 100%. Um, it's, and of course, I'm going to raise my hand, guys. Um, one of the first words I'll tell you that I've struggled with that too. So, yeah, I think, I think, honestly, I think that's all of us. And I, I yeah. you're just talking now, I'm just remembering. Um, Peter and some of the uh, disciples, like before the, the Holy Spirit came upon them and like giving Peter talking about, oh, I'll die for God, Christ, I'll die for Jesus. And then he denied Jesus three times. Um, everybody else ran away. <laughs> after the Holy Spirit came upon them, 
they went to even all the dangerous places to go and start preaching with boldness. Like they didn't care if they were arrested. Like again, that's just what the Holy Spirit would do for you. Like even that boldness. And it's for us to continue to pray for that, right? Even me myself to this day, I'm still praying for boldness to continue to speak. Um, because it can be hard. Like you can be all a bunch of people and you're the only one that's like being um spotlighted or like you know, sectioned out, but it's like even when that happens, are you going to find joy in that conviction at that moment, right? Because just like Ernest said, like unbelievers will argue from, they don't care that they're the only ones. They will be the one, only one with their chest, even when they are wrong, saying that I do this or I do that. So even as believers, like, I, and that's when, when we have that boldness, right? When we have that boldness, I'm thinking about even Paul being imprisoned, right? And, you know, he can, like, that boldness and like, yo, what are you, why are you so adamant on this thing, right? It just shows the reality of God in our lives, right? Because yeah. why would you want to stick by something that is not serving you? Why would you want to stick by something that you don't see value or fruits in? Why would you want to stick by something that is not real, right? I'm not coming here to argue about something that I'm not seeing the evidence of, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know God, like I've experienced God over the, the how many years I've been saved now. So if I'm sticking by something, it's because I've seen God in this thing. I've seen God move. I've seen God in his majesty. Like, just like I said, like, and that enough sobers me to be like, I'm going to stick by this, right? Um, and just like you said, even though when it's hard, but you can come back and be like, you know, God, I repent, continue to give me boldness, continue to give me strength. Um, because those situations will come to, to tempt you, to test you. Uh, to distract you, just want to make you deviate, but it's like, how will you stand, right? Um, and the more rooted we are in God and his word, um, the more we're able to stand when stuff like that happens, like even something as that or something even um, bigger than that comes, we'll be able to stand. Um, and just remembering like, you know, although we're not alone in the book, like, like the Bible says, like, you know, no temptation is um, uncommon mm. Um, it's happening to people around the world, right? But in that instance, you may feel like you're alone because it's just you in that circle or it's just you there. But remembering that we're not alone, like not only do we have the Holy Spirit and God with us, but there's other people as well. Um, there's a remnant around the world who are sticking to their convictions, who are living according to God's word, right? Whether we know them or not, we have a big body of believers um, that are going through the same thing. And just remembering that, you know, we're not crazy awkward or weird for experiencing that um but it's just part of the call yeah beautifully said so um yeah oh i see a question from ruth i mean we're about to go into questions anyway but um before we do the q a um sandra i just want to ask you know just to encourage anybody that's listening and you know this is this is going to be on the podcast so our hope is that more believers will listen to this and be encouraged but you know just in conclusion what final note of encouragement can you leave to both the new believer one who has just found christ and the one who has been working with christ for years maybe even decades and they're still figuring out how to live out this life of holiness they're still struggling to find the beauty of holiness you know and we've obviously we've talked about it a lot so yeah. What would you leave as an final encouragement to that person? Yeah, I'm thinking about the new believer who's coming. Um, and even the ones that have been walking. And one thing that's coming to my mind right now is just that um, you, you don't have to sin and you are empowered. Right? I think that's a very big one is that you're empowered. Right? I think a lot of times, even people that may just be coming to the faith, um, I think I was talking to a friend about this a while ago, but 
they may see like even just now you know we have so many things that are happening in the media we have so many things happening from within the church things that are happening and people may get discouraged even people that have been walking with christ for a while may get discouraged um like god what's going on like i, I remember myself just sitting like god what's going on like you know even just being more sober like even god like help me um but you are you are empowered you you are empowered you have everything that you need to walk out this walk with god I think that's just one of it. And we see that even in First uh, Peter, I believe, when God says we have everything that we need um, through knowledge of Christ. Um, mm-hmm. Again, through knowledge of Christ, coming to know him, we have everything that we need. Um, you are empowered by the Holy Spirit. New convert, walking with God for a while, you have the Holy Spirit. Um, and he's able to take you through all things. He's able to help you overcome your sin. He's able to help you walk in holiness um, and in obedience to God. And... You know, they may be that they're like, oh, it's impossible. Like people are not our standard. Um, yes, we are called to uh, be standards, but we are standards that are representing the standard. Um, and the ultimate standard is Christ. So people are not our standard. Even when we see people fall, um, be encouraged to get back up and still continue to seek God. Um, mm-hmm. Seek God for the right way. Seek God for, um, for your own life. You know what I'm saying? Um, seek God for grace even for them that are falling um, and praying that they return back in repentance and continue to walk even more victoriously. Um, but you have the victory in Christ. Amen. Uh, already overcome. I mean, first John, I'm talking to you little children that you have overcome. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like you do not have to sin, but if you do, we have an advocate in Jesus Christ. Uh, literally see all of that encouragement in the book of first John and just having that and just remembering that, um, you are empowered. You have everything that you need. And don't be discouraged because God has you. Um, and one of my favorite books in the Bible, like uh, Jude, the book of Jude, like it just says, like, you know, it's him that is able to keep us from falling. Right. Um, he wants to keep you from falling so that he himself can present you back to himself. When right. time, You know what I'm saying? Like he is the one that will empower you, that will carry you when you seek him. Um because he's not he's trying to set you up so that you can fall, set you up so that, no, like he himself wants to keep you from falling so that he can present you spotless and blameless back to himself um, when Christ returns. Exactly, glory. Like, <laughs> so we glory. have, yeah. Victorious. Um, we're not set up for failure. We've already mm-hmm. been given the victory. Like once Christ rose up the third day, we've already been given the victory. We're not set up for failure. Um, even the tests we go through is not for us to fail. It's for us to be strengthened. Um, it's for us to be strengthened. It's for us to uh, mature. It's for us to know deeper levels and more levels of God. I don't think we can ever fully know God to the day that we leave this earth. We probably will not ex- like discover everything there is to know about God, but to continually, you know, experience the different manifestations of God. Um, and his power in our lives. So you're not powerless. You are, you've been given power through the Holy Spirit. You are a powerful being in Christ Jesus. Amen. So yeah. Don't live like someone that's hopeless. Don't live like someone that has no hope, that has no power. We have the power through the Holy Spirit. Um, and once we lean in and tap in through fellowship, we will begin to see the manifestation of that power in our everyday lives. Amen. Wow. Now I wish I, I know I was moderating, but now I wish I took notes. But I, I remember obviously I'll recall and refer back to this. So um we're gonna move into QA now. So, but before we do, guys, please can we say a big thank you to Sandra? Because what she just talked on was wonderful, beautifully put. 
So please, everybody unmute your mics and say thank you so much, Chandra. Thank you so much, Chandra. Yeah. Thank you, Sandra. Thank, Thank you, Sandra. Sandra. Thank you, Sandra, girl. I loved it. Thank you. Praise God. Amen. Yeah. Thank you so much. That was, yeah, you, you did it so well and you spoke with grace. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm personally so proud of you for how you broke this topic down. Um, so Q&A, I saw some questions in the chat. I'm going to try and go through all of them. Um, I think I see one from Ruth. So this is Ruth's question. Yeah. Can can we attribute what Ernest said to gaps in knowledge? For example, believers not really knowing God. So when she says what Ernest said, uh, I read out what Ernest said a few minutes ago, and I'll just I'll just read it again, just so that expression I mind. So Ernest had written earlier that if an unbeliever, that's somebody who doesn't know Christ, those who are unsaved, can have their strong convictions and stick to them, you know, how much more we as Christians who have faith in an unchanging God. You know, God never changes. His word makes it clear to us that his actions and his thoughts towards us never change. Yeah. So that's yeah. what Ruth is referring to. So she's, she's basically saying that what Ernest said there, could part of the problem, could part of the cause of that be not having full knowledge of who God is? So that's basically her question. Uh, absolutely. Uh, thank you, Ruth, for that question. And the reason I'm saying thank you is because it was actually part of my notes that I put there. Um, but yes, in act like ignorance sometimes will lead to that, right? And sometimes mm. it's, it's not even like there's willful ignorance and just willful disobedience, but sometimes it's like even like not even just truly knowing whether it's that aspect of God or you know, just whether it's ignorance or incomplete knowledge of God, um, or false knowledge of God can definitely lead to that gap, right? So people will just stick to what they know. Um right. what they know, they'll stick to how they know, or they will turn to who they consider a model Christian and mimic that right uh i'll say that we again we are we are a standard representing the standard right so if this person is ignorant doesn't know where to start whether it's in the bible or doesn't know where to start whether it's with fellowship or church and they're turning to the next christian to look at a model and that christian is doing all sorts now this is someone that says they know god so they're not even doing anything we just have more ignorant people that just continue to grow within the body right um so absolutely and i think that's again that's why the call to holiness is important right um because number one it's obedience to god is a command it's obedience to god um which is the highest form of holiness um number two like people can see god's goodness and power in our lives right um because if again if we're living like we have no hope or no power over this thing we just you know what i'm saying how do we expect the next person um to 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 see god right or to have that understanding of god right and that's that not that any of us like you said are going to be perfect we're all um we're all walking in sanctification daily it's a daily process a habitual process um but just for the, the blueprint of your life when people look at you and just the blueprint of your life again what is the pattern that they are seeing right and even just going back to david uh, god in the, is labeled a man after god's heart he sinned right what was his response to that sin he, you know, he mourned, he fasted, he repented genuinely. Um, so when you look at the pattern of David, it's like, okay, he did this thing, he repented, and then he continued to walk in the Lord um, and do things that are favorable before God. So yes, like just that, you know, that's why it's important for us to live it out. Um, when we say that we're believers, when we are um, proclaiming the name of God, right? After we finish proclaiming the name of God, can they see that proclamation through our lives? Uh, mm -hmm. Well, are we, are we loving? Are we are we sticking to conviction? Do we even know the word? Are we living according to the word that we say that we know? Um, you know, so 
definitely like again like i said even just understand the nature of god the people of israel again they were so far off they didn't want to come near the mountain they were like moses you go and be the spokesperson they didn't they knew of they saw god's manifestation but they didn't know god right moses knew god um and knew him and knew his ways and knew his character so it's like when people are not looking to you um or people come to God, or even people who may see disparities and then go to the Bible themselves and are seeking them like, but this is not what I'm seeing happening in the body of Christ. So, you know, stuff like that. They're trying to put um, in sync what, what they know about God, what they're seeing and what they're seeing being lived out within the body. Um, that can lead to a lot of gap. Um, and then there's just willful disobedience. People just knowing, don't care to continue or don't care to even continue to seek God. Um, but yeah. All right, awesome. Thank you for that response. Um, I don't see any more questions in the chat, but I think what I'll do, Ernest, I don't know if we can maybe take one or two more questions from the audience. So, okay, we're good. So, we, okay, so I'll give the first two people from the audience. So if you wanna just unmute your mic and ask a question, you know, the first two. So anybody that wants to ask a question, just unmute your mic and please go ahead. Anybody? Um, I, I do have a question. I think it's more of just um, putting, by the way, I want to say thank you for, you know, taking the time out to teach. This was a great session. Um, and I think so many points were made that most people fly over. And I love the fact that you mentioned that obedience is the highest form of, um, of holiness. It's like, if you really want to understand, if you want to prove that you really love and honor and respect God, which really um, shows that you set him apart in your heart, like the Bible commands, then you would listen to what he says and do exactly what he says, right? Um, but I think uh, maybe we should discuss slightly the distinction between um, holiness and righteousness. Um, so I, I know I'm saying this because I think we throw a lot of words out, um, in, in Christian circles. Like I remember we're having a Bible study on Friday, some weeks back on the book of Romans. And there are so many words, justification, propitiation, righteousness, you know, these big words. And so people see those things and just don't really get what it means. So maybe just for the sake of definition, um, like what is, holiness and what makes it distinct from maybe things like justification, righteousness, um, and all the other things that the Bible talks about. Because on one hand, the Bible says, the Bible calls us holy, right? So many texts like First Peter 2.9, your real um, priesthood, a holy nation. And then we go somewhere else and, and we see a scripture that instructs us to be holy, I'm, I'm thinking about it like I thought you called us holy why are you telling us to be holy so maybe you can like dive in uh, dive in deep a little bit so that anyone who's listening will get that distinction sorry I'm on mute um yes that's a great point and even like with that like I, I started like even doing a study on righteousness and all of that justification um and how all of that like are byproducts of what God um, did for us on the cross, right? And 
um, we come into that because it's something I haven't even finished. I haven't even grasped the fullness of it myself. Um, but like you said, like, you know, we see the distinction where it says like, you know, your holy nation, your royal priesthood, right? And then it calls us to be holy. Um, and it's all part, it all goes back to our identity, right? And who we are in Christ, right? Um, which is justified, uh, redeemed, righteous. Um, I know there's some places where even righteousness and holiness are, interge- are used interchangeably in the Bible. Um, even when you look at the Greek definition of both of them and they're used interchangeably. Um, but even that call when it says like, you know, you're holy, be holy. Um, and it's like, it's one thing to be identified as something as another thing to actually own that identity, right? Um, so for instance, I'm just trying to think of an example that's practical. Um, I can say, oh, you're a student, then be a student, right? Because you could be, a, you identified as a student right now in a school, but you're not doing anything that a student is supposed to do. Um, you're not going to class, you're not on campus, you're not even identifying with that school that you have been enrolled in. Um, and then, you know, but you have the identity of a student, you have the ID card, but nobody even knows you as a student or identifies you as a student because you don't do anything you're supposed to do as a student in that school. Um, so that's why that call would be like, you know, be a student. Um, you, are, you are in this place now, you've identified, you've been enrolled. Um, you know, the tuition has been paid. So why are you not doing the things you're supposed to do that's supposed to, um, why are you not going through the process of a student? Why are you not um, even showing gratitude for that payment of your tuition, right? Um, which is also just that call to be holy. And even that itself, like living that out and walking that out is also like even grat- gratitude for our salvation. Um, it's gratitude saying thank you to God, like, you know, having this higher calling that I could never attain by myself, but you already attained it for me. And now you're saying I should walk it out. You've given me the tools to be able to walk it out. Um, so even when you're asking that question, that's literally what came to my mind. And just like, because like, like you said, like, it can be very confusing when you're saying, oh, be holy, but I thought I was holy. Um, and that's where going back to what I said, like, you know, it's not passive, it's proactive. Like, you know, you've been at, this is your identity. Like, you know, this is your new identity. Um, all things have passed away. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're no longer a high school student. Now you're in grad school. Um, so now you have to, you know, your study is going to be different. Your assignments are going to be different. The time you put in to do different things in grad school is going to be different. Um, and now you have to be proactive with that, uh, with that status and be proactive with doing the things that are required of a grad student so that you can graduate. Yeah, I love that. So I think I just want to be sure that that's clear to everyone, right? That God starts first and it's just in God's mercy and grace. God starts first by calling us something, you know, it's God who calls things that be not as though they were, right? So he calls us holy, righteous blameless but you can look at your life and realize there is a you know there is what you are like she said positionally which Mm. is what god gifts to you they call like hey because you are this be this so it's like you know put on the new put on christ you know there's scriptures like that that tell you what to do as she said at the very beginning you know very aptly like there are so many instructions that you you can't read the new testament and come out saying I don't have anything to do. <laughs> that's not that's not going to be the conclu- conclusion. You're going to see things like awake unto righteousness, yeah. put off the old man, mortify the deeds of the body. Like there's always that action verb, you know. So it's it's so beautiful um, that we see that. So thank you for answering that question. Does anyone else have a question? It'll probably be the last question because we have like two more minutes left or so.
Anybody have any last question? Don't be shy. <laughs> Okay, doesn't look like there's any last question. All right, well, again, it's been a pleasure having you here. And on behalf of Bible Marathon Group, all of us at BMG, um, just want to say a huge, huge thank you, Sandra. You know, even before today, you're already part of the family. So you're always welcome back here anytime. And guys, please, oh, her IG is there. Her IG handle is there. Please go and follow her on Instagram. Like the content that this girl is putting out is, is absolutely incredible. Like her page, her blog, please check out her blog. A lot of the topics and points she listed out today, she's already written about them years before and also on other topics as well. So you know, please follow our IG, check out our blog, and I promise you'll be blessed. But yes, at BMG, we love you. Thank you so much, Sandra. You guys are watching me. Hey there. So we've come to the end of this teaching session, and we hope it was for you a teaching and an enlightening moment. We have so many other topics on our podcast that range from spiritual gifts to charisma to interpreting the Bible world and so many others. If you'd like to listen to any one of them, just look through our podcast catalog and find the topic that you'd love to learn. If you'd like to join us Sunday live on MixLR or on Zoom, all you need to do is go to our website, which is bit.ly forward slash bmglive4. That's the number four. Or you can look in the description and you will find the link to the website there. We hope you have a blessed week and continue to grow and progress with joy in your faith.